This is DMOU, Destination Marketing Organization University, the DMO Sectors Podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Geist. DMOU is where you hear the best and the brightest in the destination marketing space, sharing innovative and compelling stories to inspire you to take your destination and organization to the next level. The format for our conversations on DMOU is elegantly simple. It's three questions and a bonus round. And today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Longwoods International, one of the premier research firms in the travel and tourism space in the world. Longwoods produces groundbreaking research, thought-leading insights, and excellent counsel and service to DMOs in areas such as visitor research, advertising effectiveness, image research, and their new resident sentiment study. Learn more about this new breakthrough product and more at longwoods-intl.com. And now it's on to our show. Our guest today is Michael Novakovich, CDME and President and CEO of Visit Tri-Cities in the state of Washington. Michael holds an MBA from Washington State University where he also graduated summa cum laude with a degree in business administration. Michael has over 25 years of professional leadership experience with a focus on strategy and marketing, continually leading teams to international, national, and regional award recognition for marketing initiatives and strategic endeavors. Michael and his wife own a business consultancy called NovaWorks, which focuses on leadership development, human resources, and strategy. And he and Shannon have called the Tri-Cities home for many years and are the proud parents of two boxers named Marciano and Primo, who they affectionately refer to as the boys. Michael, welcome to DMOU. (laughs) Thank you, Bill, for having me on. You know, before we get to your three questions, I got to ask you, you are relatively new to the DMO world. You started at Visit Tri-Cities in 2018. And as I noted in your bio, you already have your CDME. So tell me really quickly the story about how you dove in so hard and so fast so early in your DMO career. Yeah, such a great question. The CDME is such a great program. So as I was coming into this organization, I was doing my research. I looked for two things. One, professional credentialing. And then two, was there an accreditation program for our organization? And I found both through Destinations International. When I came in to visit Tri-Cities, I had uh, pitched during my interview a 30, 60, 90 day plan, which was really an extended listening session, which led to the development of our strategic plan. Right when I completed that, I joined the team in April of 2018. Uh, Destinations International's annual convention in Anaheim uh, was rolling right up, and it was my first opportunity to invest in CDME. And so I did. I plugged right in, uh, and I was just fortunate enough to be able to line up my classes and the travel budget to knock the program out in less than a year. I completed it. I think it was February of 2019. But the reason I did it is I wanted to get my legs underneath me get a deep understanding of our industry so I could lead well. But I also wanted to demonstrate to all of our stakeholders that uh, I was very much invested in Visit Tri-Cities, uh, great outcomes for our community, and that they had hired the right person. Very, very cool. So we initially reached out to have you on the show because of your unique and aggressive use of video to promote your organization and your destination. But I'm going to burn my first question on the size of your board. <laughs> because uh, I'm wonky like that. So the Tri-Cities is <laughs> actually <it>. <laughs> made up of nine jurisdictions, and you have a board of 42. Now, in our pre-episode yes. call, you said it works. In our book, Destination Leadership, we advocate for a board of between 15 and 18, but we note by saying that 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 does limit diversity and representation. But we've rarely seen boards over 20 work really, really well. How do you make 42 <laughs> work as well as you do? 
It's so funny, Bill. When I'm traveling and I'm talking to you know our colleagues uh, far and wide, and we get in a board discussion, I'll mention how big my board is, and every single time someone gasps. But <laughs> you hit it on the <laughs> right. head. There, there is good opportunity for us to embrace diversity, and and we've done that in uh, traditional ways. Certainly, we're building a more diverse board, but also in terms of representation. So with these nine jurisdictional partners, I have an elected official from each one of our cities that serve. I have a county commissioner from our two counties. For our port districts, I have either a commissioner, an elected official, or a senior leader, executive director serving as well. Other members of my board, uh, we have a six-member Tri-City Regional Hotel Motel Commission, two commissioners per city. I have each one of those hotel commissioners on our board so they get to see firsthand the work that we do. We are in the heart of Washington wine country, so we have winemakers and craft brewers and restaurants, performing arts, sports, museums, uh, as well as our corporate partners who write some pretty significant checks to support our endeavors. And the way that we really make it work is we have a number of councils and committees that are not exclusive to visit Tri-Cities board members, but we do include them. So our Tri-City National Park Committee, it's ran by all four mayors, but we have our ports and our counties that participate in this. Tri-City Regional Hotel Motel Commission, I mentioned. Tri-City River Shore Enhancement Council. We work directly with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and all nine of our nine, uh, jurisdictional partners. Tri-City Legislative Council. I've got one of my executive committee members that serves there. Sports Council. I have board members that serve on that. And of course, our Wine Tourism Council. The benefit of all of this is they're serving on these councils and committees. They come back to our board meeting with a deeper appreciation and understanding for the work that we do. They get to spend some time with my team and develop relationships. And then in turn, we built brand advocates and they're going out and uh, singing the praises of Visit Tri-Cities, but promoting our community. Then the other things uh, that has led to success with the size of our board on a quarterly basis, I do these small group uh, get togethers at restaurants and wineries and we enjoy great food and eats with about 10 to 12 board members, take a deeper dive into our strategic plan and maybe introduce some things that the team's working on that isn't ready to be rolled out to the board. And then every other year, I've met one-on-one -on -one with each one of my board members and key stakeholders to understand why they invest in Visit Tri-Cities, what's keeping them up at night and how we can better partner. And then I always end those conversations with asking them to put a fine point on me. I give them that opportunity to tune me up uh, and it's worked out really well. That is just amazing. We also encourage all DMO CEOs to have that you know one-on-one -on -one personal relationship, but to do it 42 times, oh that gosh. takes a lot of time. <laughs> it takes a lot of effort, but it's clearly paying off amazing dividends because if I hear you correctly, what you're really using your board for is less of an oversight of what you do while that is part of their role. But really the best part of their role is they are emissaries and ambassadors for you out throughout the region, correct? 100%, definitely. Yeah, they, yeah they're great with yeah. governance, but they are exceptional as brand ambassadors. Yeah, very, very cool. Congratulations on that. So <laughs> thank you. let's get to the cool stuff, which is your video. You've <laughs> gone a couple different directions, actually more than two directions, and we'll get to that. But you've gone a number of directions with video. One is outward facing, the other more inward facing, another one is a little edgier. So on your second question, let's go with how this came about for your DMO to become such a video-centric organization. COVID was clearly part of the evolution, but right. you've produced a series of right. videos that highlight local makers, which you call the Tri-Cities Business Spotlights. And then you have your weekend starts here, 
campaign to encourage yes. locals to stop thinking that there's nothing to do here, which of course is key to them <laughs> inviting visiting friends and relatives to visit friends and relatives. So tell us about these videos and how you use your staff to host them. Yeah, I'm so glad that we get to talk about this. So early on, you know, pre-pandemic, we very much recognized, as I'm sure uh, many of our counterparts do, that video's king. It's, it's truly currency and in our industry. And we want to be nimble with it, be able to go out if the sun is shining and shoot compelling content, or if there's a uh, particular event in town, we can do something with that. But as you mentioned, COVID really propelled this. Uh, we had a need to do more and find a way to bring back the return of business, but also preserve our local businesses that, that really fall under that tourism and hospitality umbrella and those local jobs and the economic prosperity that that provides our community and it's certainly quality of life. So one of the things we looked at was, uh, you know, starting in March of last year, we went on this lockdown in Washington state, stay at home, stay safe. You know, the office lights went dark. I cut my team by 30%. Right. And we're looking at how can we be effective and bring back around the return of tourism, but also support these businesses here and now. And it provided a great opportunity for us to invest in team when we took a look at what we could do if we built out our video capabilities. So I encouraged one of my team to become commercially drone certified, a pilot, uh, so he could fly for us, shoot videos and do it legally, Very cool. <laughs> which, yeah. which he did. Uh, just a quick side note. He was uh, DI's 30 under 30 this year. So super proud of Chase Wharton. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just a dynamite individual. But he dove in with both feet and he not only became a master with our drone where we can shoot this video footage, but do 360 degree imagery and stills from the air. He invested in understanding um, the camera. We bought uh, camera equipment, lighting and audio and a video package, uh, the editing bay. And then when we hired our new graphic designer, he also had editing capabilities and we invested in virtual reality cameras too. And all of these things support many different endeavors from virtual site tours that were so important to us with our meeting planners and tournament directors uh, during the pandemic to uh, virtual tours for to drive leisure visitation and, and workforce development and the development of, uh, you know, these different virtual fams we've done and different presentations to compel future visitation or group business. But you mentioned two specific products, Tri-Cities Business Spotlight and Your Weekend Starts Here. And my team has done such a great job. Uh, they've taken great ownership in this. And one of the things I love about it, particularly as we find these opportunities to invest in our team and grow their talent. Uh, they're not only delivering this great product for our community, our stakeholders, and creating these compelling reasons for travel, uh, they're growing uh, their ability to grow their careers and um, you know increase earning potential, and they feel good about mm -hmm. that. And as a leader, I certainly do too. With these two products, are your weekend starts here. We used to do a traditional e-blast probably like many of our colleagues do, you know, constant contact, a handful of images, a short narrative, a few links, and this got distributed. And kind of funny, before I came to visit Tri-Cities, uh, I would find this, your weekend starts here floating in the inbox of the organization I was at, and it was pushed out by one of our staff engagement uh, people on our team. My wife's organization, same thing, one of their people on their staff engagement committee signed up for your weekend starts here and it got pushed out through her organization uh, and then i started to find this was the case with many organizations throughout the tri-cities they'd sign up and they'd pass this around so our distribution list at visit uh, is beyond our borders i mean it's certainly going out to other communities and we're working to compel 
that future visitation. Uh, but our communities really picked up on this. So here we're sitting in COVID and we recognize that, you know, there's a lot of noise out there. Uh, nobody wants to read anything. We need to produce content that's not only compelling, but it's easy to digest. And it's in the channels where people are wanting to receive their information. So we switched this to a video format. My team goes out on location. Uh, they will highlight all the what haps that are coming this weekend uh, to in the Tri-Cities. And then we push that out. And again, it's getting distributed uh, through uh, email distribution being shared within corporations, certainly getting shared with our uh, future visitors. But now we can push it out on our social channels as well. And it's, it's widely shared there. Tri-Cities Business Spotlight, we went in this lockdown in March of last year. And here we saw, you know, businesses close. Uh, a lot of our restaurants quickly figured out how to do curbside and takeout. And we wanted to support them. We wanted to support them so we had these businesses here for, for our community. We could preserve those jobs, but also create those compelling reasons for future visitation and ultimately, you know, enhance quality of life for, for all the residents of our region. So with our newfound capabilities, we went out and we were meeting these proprietors and their teams and taking tours and, and hearing about their restaurants and wineries and crap breweries and the different attractions and amenities around the Tri-Cities. Uh, and then we were pushing this out via our social channels. So even when we were stuck in this spot from March to October of last year, where non-essential travel was not allowed in our community due to the phased approach, we got our community out engaging these businesses, helping to support them and recognizing that we, tr we truly do have things to do and places to eat. Yeah. Or where the rubber meets the road, here we have these video products that we can push out to our visitors. We do it via our social channels or if they subscribe to a distribution list. And we certainly are creating compelling reasons. With our community, we're able to create alignment, right? Get them to really understand and adopt our brand. They can better understand who we are, what we do at Visit Tri-Cities, why tourism matters. But then go out there, experience the Tri-Cities, enjoy these local restaurants, these local offerings. And we've encouraged them to share it on their social channels. We're working to drive user-generated content and that third-party endorsement. Then we're taking it one step further and encouraging them to invite their friends and relatives in for a visit. And I think there's a great opportunity in that space. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the stories that we tell are always compelling. But when the story comes from the actual maker, the person who is behind right. the experience or the product, it makes that connection that you just want to go to that business and you want to be firsthand with that individual. <laughs> so I, again, I think what you're doing there is inspired because you're allowing these entrepreneurs visibility that they may never have had in any other way. So let me ask you a, kind of a follow-up question to that though. You mentioned workforce development. And I know more and more of us in the yeah. DMO space are taking workforce development more seriously than maybe we did pre-COVID or pre-the Great Resignation. Right. But tell me the relationship that Visit Tri-Cities through the marketing uh, chops that you have, how do you work with local economic development agencies in the region? Yeah, it's such a fantastic question. So several products, I know one of them uh, we'll, we'll touch on here a little bit later, uh, kind of an edgier video we did that, that has an opportunity to aid in workforce development. But working directly uh, with our economic development partners, particularly with our video capabilities, we've uh, done specific pitch videos to attract new business to our community. And I'll give you an example. Recently, Dairy Gold, a major uh, dairy uh, operation, is moving to our community. We'll have an agritourism element to it, which is really, really cool. 
but I had our local ADO reach out and ask if I could create a, a video that demonstrated the cultural diversity of our community, show that agritourism was alive and well, and they'd be welcomed here, but also would position the Tri-Cities as a place that, that they could really grow their workforce, that people would want to come and work for their organization because the Tri-Cities is a great place to live. So we put together with content that we already had a video that was specific to this organization. It was branded uh, with their logo and we worked directly with our, our ADO to do that. So that's just one example. You know, I mentioned uh, the virtual platforms. Uh, one of those, you know, is used to attract leaser visitation, which is fantastic. But our corporate partners are coming to understand they can use it when they're doing recruitment. So there's a good opportunity for them to take our yeah. assets uh, and reposition them uh, to, to build the workforce of tomorrow. Yeah. And I think this is where the future of destination marketing organizations goes, is that people will increasingly understand what we do and why we do it. But I think that more so they're going to understand we're the marketing experts and we've got the ability, we've got the talent, we've got you know the technology to do work on their behalf right. that is going to make them shine too. And you know who knows, maybe it gets to a point at some point down the line that you know, our economic development agencies, other community development organizations actually contract with DMOs for this work. So you've got one, you know, you've got revenue coming in to support what we're doing, but we also then make sure that all of the imagery, all of the brand messaging has right. continuity. We're using the same, you know, images, the same video, the same voice. And I think that in the end, those are going to be the, the communities that are the most successful or the ones who who can marshal the work and the talent of a DMO for all of the community development organizations. So let's get to your third question. And I'm, I'm going to take an opportunity on both of the two videos that I want to talk about. And we're going to break away and I'm going to drop some of the audio. One's short, one's longer. But I want to talk about cover your air holes. <laughs> and so let's listen to that right now. This is a mask. It's used to cover things. This is you. These are your air holes. COVID-19 is transmitted through your air holes. Cover your air holes. CYA. COVID-19. Ain't nobody got time for that. Limit your exposure by limiting your gathering size. Help spread the word, not COVID-19. And don't forget to cover your air holes. CYA. Now, this is a Visit Tri-Cities <laughs> production but it actually was sponsored by another agency, correct? That's right. The Benton Franklin Health District, <laughs> if you can believe it. So uh, here's how all this began. Here we're sitting in this space. Again, we had the lockdown in March, uh, laid off a third of my team, our hospitality businesses. We've got hotels that are shuttered. Uh, restaurants are struggling as are our wineries and retail operations. And we were looking for to do two things. One, we needed to figure out a way to drive revenue as we don't have the visitors coming to our community. But more importantly, could we be a part of the solution to preserve community health, preserve these local businesses that make our community so special, preserve those local jobs, preserve our local economy, and open up the doors so we can get back to the business of tourism. So we pitched our counties, our two counties, this idea of doing COVID mitigation communications. And one of our counties, Benton counties gave us uh, $435,000 to do COVID mitigation communications on behalf of the Benton Franklin Health District for a four-month period last year, September through December. 
And then all of our jurisdictions joined in and funded us from January through June. In this pitch to the counties, uh, we had, you know, the things we felt we needed to do, some myth busting, some facts and figures, use testimonials. But we knew that, you know, it's going to fall on deaf ears uh, in a lot of regards because there was COVID fatigue. Mm -hmm. People were burned out. Uh, It didn't matter if you had a trusted spokesperson. Uh, It was just tone deaf. But here's what I believe. I believe that we all have special talents, special giftings. I like to refer to them as superpowers. (laughs) Every one of us needs to figure out what that thing is and then run with it. And for me, Mine happens to be snarkiness, yeah. uh, and it turns out that my team, <laughs> my team is also blessed with the gift of snark. So, <laughs> one of the things that we recognized could cut through if done well was humor. Now, humor can be dangerous, but if we did it right, if we butted right up against something that's edgy and, you know, we don't want to go socially mm-hmm. unacceptable because we'll never get it to do what it needs to do. Which was we wanted to have it be digestible and easily shareable. And so I pitched my team this idea of CYA. So this acronym that we probably would not use in any of our promotions. But if that translates to cover your air holes, we can get away with it. Right. And my team loved it. So we sat down and spitballed ideas and we did a number of animated spots. And then we did some spots with some actors, one of them called The Professor and another one called The Violator Zone, which is a take on The Twilight Zone. And these things caught on like wildfire. So we've got elected officials in public forums telling people to cover their air holes. Uh, They're sharing it on social channels. We had a lot of naysayers in our communities about the mask. Matter of fact, uh, our intent here was to increase compliance because it was a trigger to allow our community to open up to the next phase so we could welcome in visitors. And we had people that had been naysayers and doubters, uh, maybe adverse to the mask, that were sharing this far and wide and adopting the behavior. And it caught on and our community increased their compliance. We did open up providing new opportunities for uh, indoor dining, uh, not only for our restaurants, but our wineries and breweries and increased occupancies for retailers. And what I really loved is our health district, who I thought when we pitched it to them, to be frank, I thought, you know, they're pretty conservative. I don't know that they're going to go for this as great of an idea as we think it is. They loved it. They ended up sharing it with their colleagues across the state and other communities adopted Cover Your Air Holes. Cool. That's great. Yeah. I should note too, Bill, that uh, DMA West recognized my team this fall with an Outstanding Achievement Best Idea Award. Uh, for our innovation uh, with our COVID mitigation communication. So it was nice to get the industry nod. Yeah, absolutely. Always is. And you have been very, very gracious in saying how talented your staff is. But as we go to the second video (laughs) and the audio track from that, and I'm just going to pick up a piece, a lot of this comes from the fact that you are a performer and a creative in your own right. And you actually star in Come and Get Your Geek On. So let's listen to a piece of that. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Science tourism is a can't miss. You're gonna wanna plan your visit to take in an exhibit or experience science hands on. Tri Cities has got it going on like Donkey Kong. Tap into your geekiness. No need to be a brainiac. Step tourism is where it's at. Why? It's a scientific proven fact. STEM, science, technology, engineering, math. It's cool as hip, yeah. Science tourism, it's a blast. Come on, 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 come on,
No duct tape for your glasses. It's science for the masses. No need to skip your classes. No test. Everyone passes. Manhattan Project National Historical Park. It's a great place to start. Turn the feed reactor. We're a secret city that science and history are after. Visit the Reach Museum to grow your cranium. Interactive exhibits. Yeah, science can be fun. Come on. All right, so tell me the backstory of Come and Get Your Geek On. Yeah, that's we've had so much fun with this. So I'm sure, uh, Bill, you'll probably recognize this. All of my colleagues will recognize this. We'll travel to conferences and conventions and summits, and we'll meet new people, and they'll ask where you're from, and then they'll ask, you know, tell me something about your community. So we share those things that are truly unique to these destinations that we live in. And here in the Tri-Cities, we're on the eastern side of Washington State. We're blessed with 300 days of sunshine. As we're recording this, the sun is shining outside my windows. Uh, but every destination in eastern Washington has the same weather. So that's not unique. We have the mighty Columbia River that rolls through the middle of our community. We're at the confluence of the Columbia, the Snake, and the Yakima feeds into the Columbia River. But we're not the only destination in eastern Washington or Oregon or Idaho with water. We are truly the heart of Washington wine country. 80% of the wine grapes grown right here, 200 wineries within a 50-mile radius, but many destinations in Washington claim wine. STEM tourism. So I'll mention this to colleagues far and wide that STEM tourism is a thing. And they'll look at me cross-eyed and they're like, STEM tourism, is that an oxymoron? I had somebody ask me, that sounds like a real niche product, which means we're not going to attract many people. And my team and I believed, you know, there's something that we could do with this because STEM tourism can be a ton of fun, but we've got to find a way to educate people on not only what we have in our community, but how cool it really is. So we're a secret city. We're home of the Manhattan Project, and we're part of the three-site park, the National Park Service. It's the Manhattan Project National Historical Park. Uh, one of our other assets, LIGO, the Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, was awarded a Nobel Prize in Physics for the discovery of the collision of black holes, proving Einstein's theory of relativity. We have the ICBM Missile Silo Complex located just outside of town, buried underground. It's flooded with groundwater. We have scuba divers coming in internationally to do a deep dive, wreck dive, uh, and a night dive all in one because it's encompassed in these underground silos. The list goes on and on and on. So how do you tell people about that? Well, as a musician... There's a lot of messaging we can convey through music. So I pitched my staff this idea of doing this song, Get Your Geek On, because these are truly geeky endeavors. And they loved it. So I went to work. I scripted this thing out. Um, I wrote the music. And then I did some scratch vocals. I had no intentions of singing this. It's actually, a, it's a rap, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not a hip hop artist. I'm a rock and roll drummer. And we, we were on a mission to find an artist to actually rap this song. And so we're working with some legit hip hop artists and nobody's a seemingly good fit. Uh, one of the artists does some scratch vocals for us and we are rolling up on our annual meeting, which is where we're going to debut this. And so we get the scratch vocals from this artist. My team listens to it. The entire team uh, sat in on a listening session and one of my team says, hey, Michael, can you play your version? And I said, sure. So I fire it up. And then another team member says, you need to do this. And, and I laughed. I said, I am not doing this. And they said, no, you need to do this. And I said, no way. Not only am I not the right person to rap this thing and to you know, deliver this hip hop melody, we've got to get somebody to be in this video. And 
you know, Bill, I'm a <laughs> more mature Caucasian male. I've played in alternative rock bands. I'm not the guy. Yeah. And my team said, no, you, you are the guy. This is your song. And let's just be frank. We don't have any time, Michael. You need to record this. So uh, <laughs> record it. I did. For those that check it out, it's kind of a combination of Bill and I, the science guy, meets your dad trying desperately to be hip. Uh, my team members are in this thing, uh, along with many of our community partners. It's been awesome. Our community loves it. Uh, media locally picked up on it. Some of our mutual friends have shared this out. Deb Archer shared it with the CDME board for Destinations International, and they've been included in their marketing component of innovation and marketing. And Linda John, another mutual friend of ours, I know has presented at the Upper Midwest CBB convention and I think some other conferences as well. So it's kind of grown legs, yeah. Get Your Geek On has. And that's where I saw it. I saw it one of Linda's uh, presentations. That's where I went, oh, I got to talk to Michael. <laughs> we definitely have to get together on this thing. Well, you know, we were talking about workforce development. And so here was my team's thought with this. And this is where we've got great opportunity. And I think our colleagues, you know, when you take a look at the products we develop, where we can do so much more than just drive visitation, which is so important, right? We're driving this quality of life uh, impacts through all of that. But on the workforce development side, when we have visitors come in, we're not only educating them about you know all these wonderful STEM tourism assets they get to enjoy uh, just on a leisure visit, but we're planting the seeds for STEM career endeavors with young people. And we have higher education in our community that host STEM tourism assets that our visitors will go to where these young people can see that, hey, look, I could actually go to school here and pursue a degree in some form of STEM but also mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, if they're in town taking the kiddos for a visit or maybe they're doing it on their own, they get introduced to many of our STEM partners who also support these endeavors. We have a national lab here and others. This may be the next yeah. workforce stop for Absolutely. them. Well, listen, it's time for your bonus round, which ties right into the fact that you are a musician, have been forever. You've been in <laughs> bands since you were a teenager and you actually were behind the kit and performing in the Destination International House Band last time we got together. So what yes. was your coolest moment in the studio or on stage or both? Okay, this is great. And if you'll indulge me, I'd like to highlight two different endeavors I participated in that were industry and then one that was so impactful and it's going to be with me for a long time. Cool. Go for it. Thank you. So you mentioned Destinations International, the house band. I'll tell you what. How cool is this? The inaugural DI house band were playing at the Baseball Village uh, at Cardinal Stadium in downtown St. Louis uh, to our colleagues. Uh, who gets to do this? You know, I'm on the stage with Adam Sachs and Greg Shapiro. We've got, I think it's Craig Davis picked up guitar at one point. Shelly Green was singing. Yep. I played drums yeah, on several songs. And then for the finale, it was a riot. I was actually singing. I'm sharing a microphone with Don Welsh as we're belting out kisses, rock and roll all night and party every day. Couldn't I make remember. <laughs> I remember. It's a great moment. It was so fun. My first annual meeting at Visit Tri-Cities, my organization had done a fantastic program, but the same program for 14 years. When I came in, my team and I flipped it on its ear and we did this full immersion experience. It was insane. We called it a tourism emergency. If we had more time, I'd love to tell you the details, but here's where the music piece comes in. My board chair is starting the meeting off. We've got about 500 people in the room and he's doing the traditional, you know, call the meeting to order that sort of thing. In a dark corner, I'm sitting behind my drum set with some uh, musician friends of mine when the keyboard player 
starts playing Journeys Don't Stop Believing. And I had rewrote the lyrics to be all about the Tri-Cities. To condense this story, 40 Mid-Columbia Master Singers, a local choral group at different points, stood up across the, this uh, space in our convention center amongst this crowd of 500, started singing this. They came up front with the band. The lyrics were on the screen. The entire uh, attendees uh, stood up. Uh, they're singing along with this thing, and it was just a great way to introduce all the new things we were doing at Visit Tri-Cities. Tons of fun. And so you got one more, right? Yeah. So th- this is really the story I wanted to tell you. So I'm playing in this band called Pedal Wax, and uh, we were working on a recording at the time of this story, and this was my rock and roll vehicle. I was fully prepared to live in a van and eat ketchup soup, right. and we were on a mission to own college radio. We were an alternative rock band. And we happen to be playing here in our hometown. We're playing a venue that was called the Hoedown of all places. It was a great place for punk rock shows and alternative rock shows. This was in the 90s. And uh, we had a packed house. Matter of fact, we were probably beyond packed, uh, which for this venue was probably a little over 300 people. But it was super thick in there. And we're into our third song. And we start up this song that is a crowd favorite. And it's called, we called it the mountain song. The actual title is called The Velvet Crush. And it starts out and it's me uh, playing my drums. I'm on the toms and the guitars and bass are chunking along to this thing. If you'll bear with me, it's, you know, and I'm looking out and I'm seeing, you know, that the crowd's starting to get into this thing. And we go into this and another round of this and, and we repeat this about four times and the song stops and our singer sings out, this is just a mountain. And then we unleash. I'm playing double bass. My feet are flying. I'm doing cross sticking on my toms. The, the guitars and the bass are just doing this chunky thing. And I had this moment. I looked out uh, beyond my cymbals and beyond my bandmates and I saw something that is so incredible. So as artists i think one of the things that i think most if not all artists would say is you know when you have a connection with your audience when they they get what you're doing or or it's meaningful to them it resonates they identify with it that's impactful and as a musician uh, we get the added benefit of real time you know audience response mm-hmm. right yeah. so we get that feedback and and we can tell that they truly do get it they are invested whatever it was that we came up with and this was an original band uh, they love what we're doing. So here's what I saw, because at the exact same time, everybody, and I mean, all 300 plus people must have felt the same thing, saw the same thing, because they all started doing the exact same activity in unison. They were in sync with the rhythm, the beat, this driving thing. The entire room, everybody started pogoing at the same time that the whole room was just coming off the ground in sequence. And I'm, so cool. Oh, it was awesome. It's giving me chills talking about because it it's taking me back. I remember looking out and it was an all ages show. So we had teenagers in there. We had 20 somethings and 30 somethings. And they were just looking up at us and they were so in the moment with us. And it just, it's just everything I love about art. It was just this incredible moment. That's just so cool. I've never had that experience, but I've been part of those experiences. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> So that's great. So good. Hey, Michael, I can't wait for Toronto. 
in a few months to uh, see the, yes. the house band back in action again at Destinations International when they do hit uh, Toronto in, I think, July. <laughs> and thank you for taking time right. out of your uh, vacation week for this podcast. We have become big fans of your work, and we look forward to even more innovations oh, you, from you and your team at Visit Tri-Cities. Well, Bill, thank you so much for having me on. Say hi to Terry if you Absolutely. want Absolutely. That's it for this edition of DMOU. Tell your friends and peers this is where the best and the brightest come to share their stories. It's DMOU.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, our friends at Longwoods International, the producers of groundbreaking research, thought-leading insights, and excellent counsel and service to DMOs in areas such as visitor research, advertising effectiveness, image research, and their resident sentiment study. Learn more about this new breakthrough product and more at longwoods-intl.com. DMOpros.com is where you're going to find our links to services for the DMO sector, links to the Z News, our book Destination Leadership, our blog, and the biggest DMO job board on the planet, plus over 75 past episodes of DMOU. That's DMOpros with a Z.com. Executive producer of DMOU is Terry White, and this is a production of DMO Pros. I'm your host, Bill Geist. Until next time.